welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Motif Medical. The Motif Luna Breast Pump is covered by insurance and proven to provide more milk in less time. We will hear more from our sponsor later, but you can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page. If you need anything, see if you can give them any of your business because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, while you're, while you're there, <laughs> while you're there, scroll down enter your email address and we'll send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And check out our shop page, please. We need attention. Please. And we are on Patreon. We hope that you will join us. We have had, um, let's see, have we had any? Oh, we had a couple new ones this week. Yeah. I always forget to pull it up. We're on Patreon. We're having a blast with our um, extra episodes and our mini podcasts and our Zoom hang. Oh, our last Zoom hangout was awesome. That was good. There yeah. were like a lot of people there and we were all just like hanging out and having fun. Um, so Steph was had- just going about her day. So we were going about oh, yeah. Steph's day with her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have uh, Meredith K. Shannon S. Jennifer B. Megan B. I feel like I've said these names before. Not Meredith K. though. Um, and our Revolution Parenting episodes. Um, okay. So yeah, join us. The link is in the top of the show notes, wherever you're listening from. And we're still hosting our ongoing giveaway. We have, I have quite a list for you this week, Diane. Oh. We have, okay. um, send us a screenshot of your uh, review and we will send you a goodie bag of thank you for nursing in public cards and badass breastfeeding podcast stickers. Um, send your screenshot and your address to badass breastfeeding podcast at gmail.com. And um, I'm not even replying to people. There's so many. I'm just, <laughs> gonna, I'm just putting it. Thank you for your email. Here's one big thank you for your email. I got it. I'll, I'm sending all the addresses to Diane as she stuffs the envelopes and I do it's going well. So, Mm -hmm. um, do it. We appreciate it too. Thank you. Yeah, we do. Um, oh my God, my dog is on my chair. Okay. Um, uh, what else? That's all. Oh, we're going to be in Detroit. We're going to be in Detroit. I think we're going to be in Detroit this weekend. Yes. We'll see you this weekend at Babies and Bumps on Sunday from 11 to 4. Um, if you still need tickets, I, that link is next to the uh, Patreon link right there in the show notes at the top. Um, and come and see us. We're really excited to see all of the podcast listeners who are going to be there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, now Diane has our review of the week. Says, I absolutely love this podcast. I found it while searching for an informational podcast during the beginning of my breastfeeding journey. We are now almost five months in and I listen regularly. It's my favorite during our afternoon strolls. I have learned so much and gotten so much validation from listening. I share this with every breastfeeding mama I know because I feel like everyone should be listening. Thank you all so much for what you do for us mamas. Thank you. And thank you so much for sharing because that means so much to us when you share it with yeah. other you know, with other people. Um, it just, it helps us grow. It helps us get the word out. And that's like, when we started this, we just wanted to be able to give good evidence-based information to families that want it and need it. And you're helping us do that. So thank you so, so much. And congratulations. And I listen to podcasts when I walk the dogs too. It's a good time to listen. We're out strolling. 
That's good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And today, actually, we have, um, this is from a podcast listener, obviously. This is. And yeah, yeah, we're going to be talking about our partners today Mm -hmm. and um, their experiences and their questions, their they are just whole experience with the whole breastfeeding thing, which is different from ours. <laughs> and uh, a lot of times, you know, they want to know how to help, but um, they don't know how. And so we got an email from a listener who asked her husband to uh, write something up for us. And it's kind of long, but I'm going to read it all because it's interesting and it's something that I mean, we're going to we're going to talk about it and maybe hopefully it's something maybe your partner can listen to or maybe you can just maybe have a little bit of insight into what your partner is thinking and how to handle it and mike his name is mike so mike says all right mike my, yes <laughs> let's hear my wife recently spoke to you regarding our upcoming twins so here's my follow up email and what i think would be a beneficial episode for partners I want to preface this by saying that I am a registered nurse and thought that I was pretty well prepared for our son to be born and help my wife with breastfeeding. I was wrong. As you guys have discussed a lot in your podcast, yes, I listen to them too, traditional medical education doesn't teach us much about breastfeeding, and I don't think my background in nursing helped me very much at all. At times, I felt totally helpless in terms of helping my wife with breastfeeding or what I could do to help make her life easier. Sure, I cleaned out pumps and pump supplies that she needed, but that was really the extent of my initial contribution. I think a podcast that goes over what partners can do to assist would be helpful. Main points I would have benefited from below. Number one, the hardest part was attempting to feed with formula while my wife was breastfeeding in order to give, or in order to quote, give her a break at night. We realize now that if supply is good, this doesn't necessarily make sense to do with formula. But for those couples that need to do it, maybe explain strategies for success. I always felt like I was waterboarding our son, even though I was using the appropriate size (laughs) nipple for his age. He would choke and spit up and fight the bottle. I think he just hated the taste. I eventually refused to do it unless I had the good stuff, breast milk. He would take the breast milk fine, and it turned into a bonding experience for us that I went from totally dreading to actually looking forward to. Uh, Number two. You know, let me say something about that real quick before you go on to number two. So I think that is maybe the first time I've actually heard a partner say, I'm not enjoying this bottle feeding experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times I think partners really think that that's how they're going to bond and that's what they want to do and that they're really going to enjoy that. You know, I think like before they ever do it, they're like, well, I want a bottle feed. I want to be able to feed the baby. I want a bottle feed. So let me bottle feed the baby. And this is probably one of the first times I've ever heard a parent actually say like, I'm not enjoying, I didn't enjoy this. It was a struggle. It was really hard to do. That's a big point, I feel like, because that's we don't hear that that very that often, and it probably happens more than we realize. Yeah, yeah, and I think sometimes partners don't feel like they can say, "I'm not enjoying this," because it's that's like true. you need to just do it. Yeah, and if, and if they do need to just do it, then they need to just do it. But if it feels like something like, um, 
like they want to be doing it, but then they're not enjoying it. Yeah. And, yeah. I feel like no one, no one's allowed to say there's not something that you enjoy about. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's just something else. So that's eye opening for me. Yeah. And I would say, you know, the bottle feed, we also don't know how to bottle feed. Right. So if you are having a bottle feed in the night, then, you know, you got to do the whole research on pace bottle feeding so that you're I not think we think we just, your child. Right. We just think we're just going to stick the bottle in and they're just going to take this bottle and it's going to be easy and it's going to be this great bonding experience. And as Mike told us, it was not. We thought right. he was waterboarding his son. Yeah. <laughs> which is hilarious. It just makes me think of Ozark, by the way. So. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. But it's... um. It's it's true because sometimes it just does not go well. I remember like with because with the twins, with my twins, we would bottle feed before bed with pumped milk just so that they both like fed at the same time before going to sleep. And then, you know, hopefully would, you know, sleep a couple hours before I started up with my feeding constantly again. Right. And I remember there being times where like my ex-husband would try to feed my daughter a bottle and she just would not. And he'd be like, you're just going to have to feed her. I'm not fighting with her. You're just going to have to feed her. And I was like, okay. You know, like, I don't remember exactly what she would do, but she wouldn't take the bottle from him, you know, at times. Yeah, right. And, you know, but he was just like, here, just take her and feed her. I'm like, okay. Which defeated the whole purpose. Right. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. Right. Okay, so what's number two? All right, number two, partner coming to terms with the fact that the relationship has changed. Mm, that's a big this one. Was, yeah, this was surprisingly difficult for me at first. I knew things were going to be very different. I knew my wife's priorities were going to be very different. I still was vastly underprepared for the change in our relationship from being the primary person in her life to taking a back seat. Spoke to a friend of mine about it who also had a baby at the same time, and he had similar feelings, especially when it came to sex life. We both totally understood why that whole aspect of the relationship changed and that there were new priorities for both ourselves and our wives, but we're surprised with how difficult it was to adjust to. I don't know if there is really much to say on this topic other than just a PSA that, yeah, things are going to change, and yeah, it's normal. Mic drop. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I, I lo like, I don't know. This guy is different. I don't, I don't picture partners talking to each other about this stuff. And I think that's just a stigma that you see that like I men mean, don't do that kind of thing. Yeah. I guess I could see like if they, I don't know, if they're like, Two bros hanging out, having a beer or something, and being like, oh, we certainly don't have sex anymore or whatever. You I know, mean, I think I it's know. great that like they both had kids around the same time and they're both like, okay, yeah. this is different. Yeah. Not yeah. what I expected it to be. And, right. but yeah, I think that is one of the biggest things that happens is you, yep. that your whole relationship changes and you don't expect that at all. Mm hmm. You just don't expect it. and Right, because it's not just like two people in this relationship anymore. There's more. Mm -hmm. And the dynamics completely change. Even just take the whole sex piece out of it. Right. Your entire dynamic, entire relationship changes. And then, yeah, yeah we also just pushed a baby out. So get away. 
And I mean, what if you didn't have a super strong relationship to start with? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hear that sometimes too. I mean, I don't think that's a situation with with this couple, but no. I'm just saying like, that's what I'm thinking. Like you do that hear that. That makes it even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Let's have a baby to save the relationship. Kind yeah. Of thing. That's what I know yeah. people that have done that and totally. it's like, it does not save the relationship at all. No, it ruins even good relationships. <laughs> It does. (laughs) It does. Yeah. Like you got to be a, you got to be a pretty strong relationship. You got to be friends. Like you have to be friends to be able to make it through this. Like if you don't have like a a foundation of a friendship, which I know that sounds so cliche and I don't mean like you have to like be friends before you like date. And you know, that's not what I mean. I just mean like on top of all of the other things, like your sex partners, you are, you know, husband, wife, you also have to be friends. And some people just aren't right. You know, that's not the relationship they have. And I think you find out when this hap when you have a baby, you find out like, are you also friends? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, number three, from your perspective as mothers and IBCLC, what are some things partners can do to offer meaningful support to breastfeeding moms? We figured out that what worked for us after a while, but knowing something I can do to help in the beginning would have been great. I was determined not to be the stereotypical dad that had no idea what to do when just breastfed, but I certainly fell into that stereotype stuff. I ended up doing to help picked our son up and gave to Jess at arm level when she went to breastfeed. Avoided her having to break her back and let her get settled in position first. Um, Dirty diaper duty, clean all the damn pump parts, (laughs) occasional back rub, neck massage. Can, Can I have that just all the time? I know. Nothing really earth shattering kind of reminds me of the joke about how you always tell the person freaking out during a pregnancy to go clean towels and hot water. (laughs) Give them something to do. (laughs) Did we we, like talk about that recently? I feel like we did about boiling water recently. Yeah. (laughs) Go boil some water. Get some towels. (laughs) What should I do while you're breastfeeding? Boil some water. (laughs) And then leave it far away because boiling water is really dangerous. Yeah. Do you so, have any comments on that? I mean, I think he did some great things for sure. And I think it's important to say too that there is a lot of research out there to show that if partners aren't supportive, breastfeeding does not sustain. So, whatever you can do to be supportive, even if it's if it's like doing physical things like washing the parts or um you know getting up and doing you know changing the diapers and getting the baby and you know like handing the baby off to the you know to the mom so that she's ready in position ready to roll that stuff is fantastic but even just the little things like you're doing a really great job i love that you're feeding our baby like this just even things that are psychologically supportive um i love it when the partners are like doing the research when partners call me and are like okay we're you know we're having trouble with breastfeeding can we see you can we make an appointment when it's the partners that are like stepping up and really involved that is i think really great what i don't like as much is partners that 
are like, well, she's the one doing the feeding. So what am I supposed to do? I can't do anything. You know, like that kind of stuff. I know. Kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit. And I think that's unfair. Like that's unfair of me because they probably just don't know. You know, they, they don't they just don't know what they should be doing. Partners that come to appointment. I love it when they bring it when the partner can come to an appointment with them. But I don't love it if they're on their phone the whole time. You know what I mean? I like mean, if come they're on. I know. Who I know. Who the hell it, would do that? It happens. That's so stupid. I told you, I feel like I, I told this story a long time ago and there was a comedian and I can't remember his name. Um, but he was doing this like he has like a stand-up act, but it's more of like a he's like telling a he's telling like a story. And then it's like, you know, kind of jokes along the way. Like it's different than just like your like kind of rapid fire jokes. Okay. So he's telling the story about how his baby, his wife just had a baby and they're like, whatever. And he's going on and on about it. And, you know, of course, there's like hilarious parts because some of it's just easy to make jokes about. And then he goes, he goes and and he's talking about how much her time is being taken, you know, feeding the baby and how much her focus is on the baby. And he goes, and now I understand why partners leave. <laughs> and I was like, give me a fucking break. I know. Are you serious? Get over yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. No. Everyone is incredibly unprepared for what's happening, including your wife. It's not like, Mm -hmm. it's not like, you know, we're doing it on purpose. It's not like, it's not about you. Right. That's the bottom line. Right. And when partners say things like, well, you know, I'm changing all the diapers. And it's like, well, yeah, you are. Like, that's important. It needs to happen. Your baby needs a clean diaper. And, you know, like that's that's important stuff. It might not be glamorous. What's glamorous? Which part of it is glamorous? Right. None of it. The part where she pushed him out. That's glamorous? Yeah, right. No. Feeding her from her boob? No. Not very nope. glamorous. Nope. No. Bleeding nipples? Not glamorous. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Should let's we take uh, a break? Yeah, let's take a break and then we'll go on to um, number four. There's okay. four and then there's five. Okay. Uh, we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Motif Medical. Are you in search of the perfect pump for your breastfeeding days? The Motif Luna breast pump is covered by insurance and proven to provide more milk in less time. The Motif Luna is lightweight, sleek, quiet, and customizable, so you can quickly find what works best for you and your baby. The Luna also features a backlit LCD screen, built-in nightlight, closed system, quiet motor, and auto shutoff. And the battery power model gives you even more freedom and flexibility with a rechargeable battery that lasts over two hours. In a, re- in a third-party study, five out of six moms reported more milk in less time than the leading pump brands. The expression mode works to express milk from the breast as efficiently as possible, while the massage mode would stimulate letdown by mimicking baby's natural nursing pattern. Get ready to make your pumping days easier with the Motif Luna. Head to Motif Medical, that's M-O-T-I-F medical.com, and use code BADASS for 15% off your purchase. And uh, today's sponsor and the promo code can be found in our show notes uh, under this episode, wherever you're listening from. 
Also at Badass Breastfeeding Podcast, you'll find all of our sponsors and you'll also find information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. Okay, what number are we on? Four. Four. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Being a support person for your partner so they don't have to explain themselves every time they feed the baby. My dad was comically freaked out by this because my wife's boob was out. Basically just told him to deal with it. I know I don't have to say more. It's been covered in the podcasts. Maybe just a reminder that partners need to back up the mom sometimes. Same idea with having a drink while breastfeeding. That was a whole other intervention with our families. (laughs) (laughs) My God. It's true. Educate yourself and like, don't just leave her standing there to have to deal with it all. Yeah. I think that's great that he provided that intervention and kind of like the in between the go between for the families, because it is exhausting when you have to constantly defend what you're doing for your baby. So to, to be like a united front and to handle it, especially your own side of the family Fantastic. Exactly. You, just you know did your what? job. And that's that's where you can really, really because there are things your relationship is gonna change, but there are things that you can do to like be on your partner's side without making it worse, you know, and not and making it so that really is, you know, you really are just creating this divide between the two of you. If you you are, I'm talking to you partners, you are partnered and aligned with the mother parent of your baby not your mother not your family and it's really hard i know it's your mom i'm a mom i don't want my kids you know to be i i, I don't you know i don't want my kids to go off and get married and have families <laughs> I want them to be my babies forever, but no, they will. And their job will be to be aligned with their partner. Cause you hear Mm -hmm. this, people are like, Oh, well, you know, my, my, my husband and his mom think that I should da da da. No, 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 no. And then you, and then you're like, Oh, how come we don't have sex anymore? Well, let me list the reasons. <laughs> yeah, be supportive. You be on their side. Mm-hmm. You are on their side. It doesn't matter what they are saying, what your what your family or whatever the families are saying. You are on your partner's side. They just right. gave birth to your baby. That's it. And that goes for every, not even just family. I mean, how many times I've heard, well, I don't breastfeed in public because my husband doesn't like it. He's oh, not supportive God. of that. Uh-huh. Or my husband doesn't want anybody else to see my boobs. So I can't, bre- I don't breastfeed when we're, you know, like out or when we're with friends or when we're with family or when we're with, yep. like, you have to be on the same page. You have to be. And, I mean, and yeah, it doesn't matter how you feel. I'm sorry. You, you don't own the boobs. Baby is baby needs those right now, and this is what you got yourself into. Mm-hmm. And and this is how it's going to go. So when the baby needs to eat, you need to you need to be on their side. Absolutely. 
Okay, number five, and this is the last one. Holy shit. (laughs) I was not prepared for how well-adjusted my wife was to dealing with a screaming baby and how terrible I was at it initially. Another thing that my friend and I spoke a lot about, just how our wives were innately better at parenting. We joked about how frustrating it was when either of our sons would have a meltdown, and we just didn't know how to deal since we ourselves had the reaction of large toddlers. Then mom comes in totally calm and soothes the baby. How the fuck did you do that? How are you not upset? Uh, Because they are babies and aren't doing it to piss you off. I'm not saying that. I'm still reading. (laughs) I could hear you Uh, saying that, though. I know. I know. And yes, me and Mike, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He continues to say, I want to have that totally calm reaction and just be able to soothe the way my wife did. I eventually got into my groove, although let's face it, dad is never as good as mom. But I think just touching on why baby reacts the way they do and what they can mean, hungry, just plain uncomfortable, want to be held, etc., It sunk in a lot more after we did some reading on oxytocin and how it goes up in men after childbirth, as well as, no, as well, the more we help take care of the baby, Mm -hmm. how it goes, okay, oxytocin and how it goes up in men after childbirth as well, the more we help take care of the baby. Listening to your podcasts that went over all this helped a lot too, made me laugh a few times at some of the scenarios we went over. I thought the hormone adjustments that happened in dads were surprising, were super, super interesting as a nurse and definitely noticed that it was easier to deal with the baby meltdowns the more I helped, snuggled the baby, et cetera. That is actually, that's really um, insightful. And we talked about this in the Skin to Skin episode too. Yeah, And how the partners that do skin to skin, their oxytocin does go up, their parenting, you know, their bonding, all of that is better adjusted. Um, it sounds like he kind of figured that out the hard way. But I mean, it's kind of talking about two different things here. It's like, yeah, the calming of crying baby is not easy at all. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Jess. Jess sounds like a really calm person because I don't know if I was always calm. Yeah. It's, it's hard. I mean, it's hard, you know, to, to be like, okay, everything's fine. You know, like I remember having a dad when I was in the Pete's office and he was like, you know, kind of talking about those fussy times, like the cluster feeding times, the fussy times in the evening where babies just cry, you know, sometimes over nothing. Yeah. And he was like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just walking the floor with the baby and just yeah. like reading the tea leaves. I don't know what's happening. Right. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here <laughs> kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, you kind of feel like you're deer in the headlights. You're just kind of like, oh my gosh, what what do I do with this baby? The baby's crying. And if, you're, if your wife is home, if the, the parent is, you know, the birthing parent is home, you're probably like, please come in here and help me with this baby. Yeah. But if you're by yourself probably a little panicky if it's not something that you normally handle. Yeah. Yeah. Because a screaming baby can like really make you panic a little bit. Be like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Like makes you move faster. I even find that when I'm with families. (laughs) If the baby's screaming, it's like, get the diaper changed. (laughs) Hurry up. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. Because it's like like it makes you move. You're like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Okay. 
(laughs) (laughs) You are. You're just totally trying to just. Yeah, because you are like you're learning, you know, we are wired to react like this, right? To crying babies. That's why they get what they need, because they just trigger something in us that, Mm -hmm. you know, makes us respond to their needs. And, um, yeah, yeah, I think that you call you and you can, and the more, and I think to Mike's point is like you, the more that you're involved, the more that you're doing it, the more you kind of get like tuned into that. And maybe you get a more, as you get more experience, because I feel like everybody who has a baby at first is just like, Oh my God, what the hell are we, what are we supposed to do with this? Like it just was super yeah. weird. You know, it was just like, oh my God. I remember being and like, then, what did I just do? This was yeah. a huge mistake. Right. <laughs> like this yeah. is a bigger mistake than joining the army was. This is a big mistake. <laughs> like at least I could get out of that one yeah. at some point. A couple Ugh. years in, I could get out. But like it was, and there's nothing like feeling like it's a mistake. Like it's a horrible feeling. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Like, oh God, I'm stuck with this forever. Yeah. And yeah, and I think, but I think, and then you see people as they get, um, I remember seeing, um, I was doing a, um, a conference with, um, January, her name is January. She's the birth without fear lady. Oh, okay. And she has like a whole bunch of kids. I don't even know how many she has at this point, (laughs) like six or seven or something. And we were standing around and my mom was with me and, um. She had a new she, her new baby and she had the baby facing out under her arm like um like some books. Oh. Like you know how you hold books on your hip? Yeah. She just had the baby like that but the baby was facing like the room. Oh yeah. You know? Uh-huh. And my, my my mom's like she has a lot of babies, doesn't she? <laughs> and I'm like my mom was just like you could tell by the way she's holding that baby that that's like that's like many down the line. Because, yeah. you know, at first you're just like, oh, my God, this little baby. Oh, my God. And the more you have, you're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Here. I'm just yeah. holding on to it. You get more comfortable. And I think that happens along with the first baby, too, is that you just the more you're with the baby, the more you're responding to the baby, the more that you're just there. You're like, OK, OK. All right. You're crying. All yeah. right. All right. But I mean, it is really important for partners to develop that bond or, you know, early it not just like okay i'm gonna hang out and do my thing and then you can go out and i'll watch the baby and it's like this baby's gonna be like who the hell are you and where's my mother yeah you know but if you're already bonded you've been changing diapers you're responding to needs you're holding your you know your skin to skin you're doing all those things your baby is going to be way more calm with you and you know with everybody with both parents the more you do that. But if you're not doing that, if you're just like, oh, I'm just this, you know, I'll just, if she needs me, I'll do something kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Then that's not going to, your baby's not going to be as comfortable. You're going to be, you're going to be soothing a crying baby way more often. Yeah. That way. Yeah. It's your then, baby. It's your baby. Yeah. You just pick it up. Just like you have, like, you can just take the baby. It's yours. Yeah. I mean, and that's one of the things like when people say, oh, I'm just the diaper changer. And it's like, well, but your baby needs to have their diaper changed and you're fulfilling a need and you're responding to your baby's needs. And that's what your baby needs (laughs) right now. So you are developing a bond with your baby, believe it or not, the same way 
the mother is breastfeeding and, and developing a bond because she's responding to a need. Like it's the same. They're the same thing. They just don't look the same. Yeah. But they are the same. Yeah. You know, uh, like I, I always talk about my friend Amanda. Mm-hmm. So she was here recently and she was like, I was driving her to the airport and she was like, I didn't get, she's like, I didn't get, um, Drew was her partner's name. She's like, I didn't get him a gift. And I was like, well, I mean, I was like, for what? She's like, for, you know, for babysitting for like four days. And I was like, he is the dad. He <sighs> does not babysit. And right. she's like, well, she goes, I know, I know. But like, if he went away for four days, I'd kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and we just like burst out laughing. And it, it it's like, it's so true. It's like, you feel useless partners, but like, we need you. Yeah. Like, we need you. You can't just like, you are not just the diaper changer. You are not just over there doing whatever. Like, we need you. Like, if you just went away, like, that would not be good. Like, we want, we need you there. And maybe, like, we're all just kind of scrambling. We're all like, we don't know what's going on. And maybe we're not like, great. Or, you know, I don't, I, it never occurred to me to just be like, I need you just like, even just being here. Right. I was like, I'm sitting here. Just like sit next to me and like talk to me. Yeah. Or, you know, be like, oh, oh, here, here's the remote. Or like, do you want me to download some shows on your phone? Do you want me to, you know, get you some food? Do you want to, yeah. Do you want me to get you some food and we can watch a show or something together? Like, just, just like be present. And you can just say, like, you know, do you need anything? I remember panicking when my ex-husband went back to work. Yes. Like after the twins were born and he went back to work and he wasn't off for that long, maybe two weeks or something. And um, like panicking and not that, you know, and it wasn't like, oh, I need him to do this or that. It was, oh my God, I'm alone with these kids. Right. I was doing everything anyway, because that's what you do in the beginning. The baby just needs you. But Mm -hmm. like, you're still, yeah. Yeah. When my husband went back to work, I was like, oh my God. I know. It was scary. It was scary to be alone with the kids. It really was. Mm -hmm. And to have somebody else there, that's why I thought I always ask, and people think I'm probably think I'm like so nosy, but I always ask like, how long are you going to be home from work for? And what's the plan? Because it is really nice if you can be home for an extended period of time. I know some, yeah. a lot of times partners don't want to be home necessarily. I mean, I've, yeah. I've seen it go both ways. I've seen partners take like a full leave if they have it and they'll be home for like, you know, a couple of months. And then I've seen partners be like, no, I'm going back to work after a week. I'm needed there. Um, I, we need the money and which, you know, it is what it is. But if there's other family members that can come over, if there's other help that can be there, even just somebody to be there yep. is just important. Yep. And I'm always like, you know, so what do you do? Are you a nine to fiver? Are you Monday through Friday? Do you work close proximity that you can come home at lunchtime? Like what is the plan? And it, they probably do think I'm the nosiest person on the planet, but it's like, wait till it happens. <laughs> then you'll realize why I'm asking you these questions because right. it is important. You know, it's, it's, it's scary. It's scary. And like you said, they, we need you to be there. Whether you think you're making a difference or not, you are. Right. 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 Just be like, it's more of like, it's less of like a, what you're doing physically and more like what you're doing emotionally. Mm -hmm. Like if you're just there and you're engaged, then 
engaged with your partner. I mean, like, you know, kind of just there, willing to spend time, willing to, this is what I mean by friends. Yeah. This is what I mean. Do you know what to do if you are not, like, do you, do you, do you and your partner have like a, like a routine or like a, do you have a relationship if you are not like in that moment having sex or, you know, being husband and wife somehow in like the stereotypical way? Because then that's when you'll find out. Mm hmm. And that carries you a long way. Like that's, mm -hmm. and then like, this is going to come into play as somebody who's got older kids. This is going to come into play later on too. And as your kids get older and they don't need you up their butts all the time, <laughs> you're going to find out if you're friends with your partner because yeah. now it's just you and him again. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> are you, are you still friends? Because now you're all that each other is looking at all the time. So that's, you know, kind of important too. I remember when Tom and I years, years and years ago, and then kind of like refound each other again. Yeah. And they, I remember him being like, yeah, because we were talking about our marriages and what had happened and stuff. And he was like, my kids got older. There was no relationship there anymore. You know, and it's like, it's true. If you don't have a strong foundation to start, yeah, your kids are going to, you know, they could be, you know, they could be the basis of that foundation, but you're eventually going to figure out what you got. Yep. Yeah. And I remember in those early days, and I will say all of the like issues that Josh and I have, is that we are, and we are, we are friends, we found out. Because we are, through all of that, through all of the, like, you know, sex bullshit, through all of the parenting stress and all of that, we would still, like, be like, okay, we need to, like, oh, you know, the new season of whatever is on, we need to get it. Or, like, mm -hmm. you know, we just still had that those things that we would do. Right. Um... Or like your mom's here. Do you want to go down the street and get a drink? There's like a bar in our corner, and we can like go out and do oh, that. There. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like you know, we still have our stresses. But I'm like, hey, Green Day's coming to town. <laughs> you want to go? We're like, oh yeah, yeah. You still have um, to have that. Yeah. yeah, that's important. Um, and so before we end, I want to say that Jess and Mike wrote this. All came in February is when Mike wrote this for us. So thanks for your patience. <laughs> and at the time, they were waiting for twins. So I don't know if the twins have come. I think they probably, I they think they probably have. Because they were pretty close to, oh, were to they? having those babies. Yeah. I think this was, a, this was a transition. This was when like you were still, in, you were still doing the emails and then I took over. And yeah. then I got, I got the story here. So, but I didn't hear, I wasn't like a part of the beginning of it, I think. So anyway, I'm going to um, let Jess and Mike know that we finally did their episode and I'm going to get an update on the twins and uh, see how they're doing. And awesome. if you're listening, um, yes, I hope you're listening, Jess and Mike, and congratulations. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for creating an episode for us. Yeah, it's really nice to have the opinion of a partner. It like really an is. Depth, like, you know, really no holds barred kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So thank you for that. That's awesome. Yeah. And thanks, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.